Hey there, listeners. Welcome to Horror Movie Club, the show where two dudes who are not quite nerds but not quite noobs choose a horror movie each week to rate and review. I'm Brian. I'm on the phone with Ashvin, and today we are discussing Aliens from 1986, keeping things rolling with our sequel, September. Aliens was directed by James Cameron, written by James Cameron, Walter Hill, and David Geiler, and starring Sigourney Weaver, Michael Bean, Bill Paxton, Lance Hedrickson, Paul Reiser, and Carrie Henn. And in this movie, our hero Ripley from the first film is asked to return to the scene of the horror that happened in the first film 57 years later. Uh, Ashwin, had you seen this one before? Yeah, yeah. I think I saw it uh, like a, again like a few years ago, too. So pre- pretty recently did a rewatch. Oh, nice. And you had probably seen it as a kid. I think so. Yep. Yep. Cool. Yeah, you well, too? I had seen it as a kid, but I don't think I had seen it as an adult. So it was oh. kind of like felt pretty new to me. Oh, cool. Nice. Yeah. Listeners, if you're new to the show, we're going to talk some spoiler-free background info on the movie for the first 15 or 20 minutes here. But then before we, after we take our little break with a musical interlude, that's when we're stepping into spoiler territory. So if you haven't seen it, you probably have, but if you haven't seen it, you can listen for the first 15 or 20 here. And then you'll want to drop off and watch the movie. Uh, this is often talked about as more of an action movie, whereas the first one was more of a horror movie. But do you think it's fair to still call this one a horror, Ashwin? I, I really think so, yeah. Especially I, we had discussion with like Predator and stuff. Uh, like if we're going to call that a horror, like I, I think this definitely has a lot of horror elements. What do you, what do you think? I think so too. And man, I do not often get nightmares from movies, but weirdly I had an Aliens nightmare. What? Really? Yeah, of like wow. face huggers. And it was oh. also, it incorporated the movie Face Off as well. <laughs> it's some combo of those two movies. I think I combined face huggers and face off and like John Travolta was in my alien stream. Wow, this sounds like a great movie. <laughs> yeah, right? I wish I had remembered more. You ever have those dreams where you're like, I wish I would have written it all down as soon as I woke up? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was like, it was interesting enough where someone could, this this could make sense. Yeah, I'm sure it would have been insane, but yeah, yeah there's yeah. an idea here. Damn. Uh, wow, so it actually actually gave you chills, huh? Yeah, I mean, it didn't scare me that much watching it, but I guess it had an impact. Yeah. It, isn't this kind of like a monster movie in a way? Oh, yeah, for sure. It's a total monster movie. And what monsters they are, man. The aliens just look so cool. I know. I still think like maybe the best looking monsters uh, in film. What, what, what do you think? I agree. I think I think it's hard to, uh, it would be hard to settle on anything other than this in a number one slot in that combo. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They're pre- pretty great looking. Maybe we'll do that episode one day. Top top monsters. Yeah. Cool. Uh, this is a movie by James Cameron. He did Terminator, Terminator Two, True Lies, Titanic, Avatar. There are four Avatar sequels in the works. Did you know that? Ah, I saw that. That's insane. That is so insane, man. It's like all he's been, he's been all in on Avatar ever since it came out in like 2009. Is is that for real or are those just like placeholders like, oh, we're expecting him to do these? Like, I mean, is he actually working on them right now? It's for real. Damn. Um, It's just crazy because like Avatar came out, I don't know, like 11, 12 years ago. Yeah. And now they're starting ago. to, and, and now they're building out the rest of the franchise. Yeah. Damn. I th- I don't know if they're I should have read more on it. I don't know if they're like kind of doing it all at once and then releasing them as different movies or what. But someone we were kind of 
I shared a meme on our Discord, but someone tweeted like the biggest movie of all time has like no cultural footprint. Yeah. Like, there are no <laughs> jokes about it, no like avatar memes. If they yeah. are, they're probably making fun of how insignificant avatar is like right no one references a character i don't remember anything about it yeah it's like not memorable at all yeah uh but it is still like the highest grossing film of all time i believe so that's amazing i'm not totally sure on that one i didn't double check it yeah but yeah i mean like who's asking for uh like a sequel to avatar exactly i don't think anybody is yeah except james cameron I guess. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, like, otherwise, what a great filmography. Yeah. Yeah, man. Um, and this was only, like, his third film? I think so. It was pretty early on. His first film was Piranha 2, The Spawning. <laughs> Have you seen any of those? Uh, I've seen the the remake Piranha from, like, late 2000s or something. Okay. Um, but apparently Piranha 2, The Spawning is a horrible movie or widely regarded as a pretty bad movie um oh wow but i think he got fired like the producer took over for from directing directing from him like halfway through the movie so he doesn't really consider it his first film oh okay interesting but technically that's the film first feature film he's got director credit on okay uh this movie had rotten Tomatoes score of 97 critic score and user score of 94 the original Alien was ninety eight ninety four, so one oh, point wow. higher on the critic. Yep. We'll have to do in our review a little bit of a comparison on Alien versus Aliens and what you like better. Mm, okay. This fits in well. I didn't really realize it, but we kicked off sequel September with Scream 2, in which they had a meta discussion about sequels, and Aliens was named as one of the few that could have been better than the original. Oh, yeah. So it's pretty fitting that we're discussing it. Right, right. It's interesting that I, I think they probably also mentioned Terminator 2 in that conversation, right? In Scream uh, I 2. I think they did, maybe. I feel like Aliens and Terminator 2 are like the two like uh, like most famous like iconic sequels that like people would put on par with like their predecessor. Right. And I both their, agree. Godfather 2 was in that conversation and Scream 2 as well. Oh, uh, which one? Oh, Godfather 2? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. But the budget was $18.5 million. Box office was 131 million. Aliens budget was 11 million with a box office of 106. So, kind of comparable. Mm-hmm. This movie was number five at the box domestic box office in 1996 for the year. Number five for the year in 1986. And the franchise, which we probably walked through in our Alien episode, but we'll do it again, is Alien from 79, Aliens from 86, Alien 3 in 92, Alien Resurrection in 97. Alien vs. Predator in 2004, Alien vs. Predator Requiem in 2007, Prometheus in 2012, and Alien Covenant in 2017. Ashwin, this is definitely one of the franchises you've seen more of than I have. Oh, really? Like, how many have you seen? I've only seen these two, and I have a vague memory of seeing Alien 3 as a kid. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, I I think I've I've caught, like, Prometheus, uh, the one after that one, uh, versus Predator, I saw that one. Isn't there another one coming out? this or like in the next year or two oh is i think there's like a tv series coming out or something oh okay okay yeah but uh yeah do, do you remember that third one at all I, I don't remember if i've seen that one i don't remember much about it okay Maybe yeah. we'll have to check that one out too 
Yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd love to catch uh, more of these because uh, I feel like the middle ones I'm not too familiar with. This one with Winona Ryder, I guess. Oh, okay, interesting. Yeah, yeah, let's let's make our way through this franchise over the years. Sounds good. Let's do it. All right, the music is done by composer James Horner, who has the distinction of creating the best-selling orchestral soundtrack of all time with his score for Titanic. Oh, cool. Yeah, he also scored a bunch of major motion pictures like Field of Dreams, Braveheart, Apollo 13. Um, and actually, this film's score was nominated for the Academy Award for Best Original Score. That's awesome. And it lost to a movie named Round Midnight, scored by Herbie Hancock. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Can't help but think of Tommy Boy when hearing that name. Yeah. Uh, this got a few uh, nominations uh, at the Academy Awards, I think, right? Yeah, Sigourney Weaver was nominated for Best Actress. Nice, yeah. Um, and she lost to an actress named Marley, Marley Matlin for her role in a movie called Children of a Less, Lesser God. And oh, okay. Marley is the only deaf person to ever win an Oscar. Wow, that's awesome. And I think still to this day the youngest person to ever win Best Actress. Oh, great. Wow. Yeah, I just watched her in a really good movie called Coda that I think is on Prime. Oh, okay. Still acting, yeah. huh? She's, yeah, still acting. And That's it's great. interesting because based on the year, she still looks really young. Oh, wow. Considering that she got this, although I guess she was the youngest person ever to win in 1986, but. Sure. Yeah. Uh, Stan Winston did the alien effects again. Still looking great. Way more aliens on screen than there were in the first film. Yeah. Hey, in that first film, wasn't there like some really tall dude that had to stand in the alien costume? Yes. Uh, boy, I can't remember his name. He passed away, though, before Aliens. Yeah, and so this time it sounds like they didn't need like a really tall person. Yeah, how did they do it this time? I didn't read up. Was it still people in suits? I, I thought like uh, some of them were actually like anim- like like machines or something. I think you're uh, right. Yeah. Or puppets, maybe. Um yeah, but uh, oh, they had a bunch of like people who were like six foot, six feet tall. I think that first one, the dude was like seven foot tall guy. Or he something. was a big dude. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't have too much else background on this movie. You have anything? I I was kind of shocked that Ridley Scott was never approached for this, given like the success of the first one. Does, yeah, does that, that seem is odd. odd. Yeah. Yeah, I wonder what the story was there. And then it seems like Sigourney Weaver wasn't even, like, originally considered for this. And, like, Cameron had to push really hard to get her, like, for the studio to, like, bring her in on this. Wow. That's surprising, too. Yeah. I mean, like, those two, like, I feel like were so critical to the DNA of the first one. Right. Even, like, Sigourney Weaver is, like, more surprising even than Ridley Scott. Like, Yeah. She just, she, like, is that movie. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Like, how do you do a sequel without that? Um, yeah, and then there's just like a lot of friction, I guess, between uh, James Cameron and the productions or the the, the studio, uh, or not the studio, but the crew, I guess, uh, who were I think they they were British and he was Canadian, and they didn't really like appreciate him or know who he was. So it just sounds like there's some uh, friction in making this film. Yeah, and uh, yeah, his, I read a little bit about that too. Yeah, and then his his wife was the producer, Gail, and heard is a interesting uh, combination to have like your, your wife be the producer sure i mean anyone who spends like over a decade of their life working on avatar movies i could see not getting along with them all the time oh yeah 
That's like an immediate red flag. <laughs> yeah. If you could somehow see James Cameron's future, you'd you'd have some problems with it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, no, I, I didn't have much else, though. Yeah, surprisingly, I didn't find too much else of, of interest. Um, I'm sure true Aliens fans and fans of the franchise are probably pissed at us for saying that, but some of these movies, these classic movies, they have, like reams upon reams of info out there on them but there wasn't quite as much on this one i know it, like there's so much out there but it, it's not that interesting right yeah yeah or it's just like checking the boxes it's not yeah. necessarily interesting enough to repeat yeah right i mean i i, I don't know it's, it's so interesting that it this one like took so many years uh to come out it's like that first one was such a big success uh it, it just really surprised me that the studio struggled to like uh e- even make this one like so many years later and that is like a real uphill battle and then, um, yeah, yeah, because I mean, he had like Friday the Thirteenth, like put, p- pumping out like four or five movies, like between these sequels, basically. Yeah, uh, it seems like the general like opinion was that Alien was just a fluke and that you couldn't replicate it. Yeah, couldn't why, replicate wh- this success. Why? Why do you think that was like uh, assumed with that one? Versus, I don't know, like, man. These other films. I, yeah, I think they didn't expect the first one to be a success, and they were still like considered it a one-off. I'm not sure why it just didn't sink into them. Mm. yeah yeah i think you didn't really have the respect for sci-fi at that time period maybe that that you do now yeah um but i don't know you've had star wars and everything who knows hmm yeah yeah that's interesting yeah um okay man well as we mentioned in the Candyman episode we do not have an ohio connection this week alex is on vacation but in place of the Ohio Connection, we haven't done Patreon shoutouts in a long time. So, I just wanted to say thank you to all of you. Thank you to Steven, Kate, Rob, Andrew, Jason, Ben, Amy M, Alex, King Kaloa, Mike, Don, Tim, Adam, Jordan, Bjorn, Amy S, Cooper, Sam, Moonmonk, Margo, Becca, Blake, and Kelly. Thank you to all of you very much for supporting the show. It helps to cover the cost for us. Um, and this show has done better than we really ever expected. So thanks to all of you for your support, especially those of you who are supporting on Patreon. Uh, anybody else, if you want to throw a buck out there for however long you choose a buck a month, you gain access to about eight or nine bonus episodes that are out there now. So, uh, it helps the show out. Uh, we really appreciate it. You can do it for as long as you like. And thank you again to all of our supporters. Yeah. Thank you so much. You ready to... Oh, sorry. Go ahead and thank people. Yeah, thanks, guys. Really, really appreciate the support. <laughs> um, should we walk through the plot, spoil some stuff? Uh, yeah, let's do it. Do you mind, before we do that, man, do you mind holding on one second? I've got a bit of a stomach ache or something. Oh, yeah, no, man. Go take your time. Uh, all right, cool. I'll, I'll call you right back. All right. Okay, man, I'm back. Hey, you feeling any better? Yeah, for the most part. It's a creature just ripped through my stomach and shot across the room, but I've taped myself up. I'll deal with the creature later, and I think we should do this. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes you just have to let those things pass. <laughs> I feel like you cut to me, like, sleeping, c- coming up, 
getting in bed with my wife after we finish recording this, and unbeknownst to me, she's got a face hugger on her face. <laughs> you don't even realize. I just like kiss the face hugger goodnight and go to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> Love you You're too. You're slimy tonight. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, this movie picks up kind of where the last one left off. Ripley is discovered still in stasis after the events of the first movie. Um, but we're not quite where we left off because she's been told that this is 57 years later. She's been gone 57 years. Um, she learns that there's now a colony on the planet where her crew encountered the alien that killed all of them except her. But when communication with that colony is lost, she reluctantly agrees to go there with her employer and some Marines to try to discover what happened to the colony but she only agrees to do it on the condition that they don't bring anything back and that they'll kill any aliens that they discover. And Paul Reiser, who plays Burke, gives her his word that the plan is to wipe them out, not to study, not to bring back. Uh, he even kind of like guilts her into coming on the trip. <laughs> She's like helping out working on a loading dock. And he's like, oh, it's great that you're working on the loading dock. <laughs> um, and he mentions that he's like read her psych evaluation and he knows she's been having nightmares. It's just like, what business is that of his? Yeah, this guy's like such a tool from the start, right? He's a pretty big tool from the start, and he reveals himself to be an even bigger tool than one would imagine. Uh, what did you think about his uh, fashion choice of having the collar popped on his suit? Oh, I didn't notice that. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was a distinct look of his uh, in those first few uh, uh, scenes of him. Um, okay. That's a, that's a bold bold move. I don't know if that's like they were trying to say in the future people are going to wear suits with like the collars popped up. But I Well, I mean, if they're talking about like my preppy college in the early 2000s, then they were right. <laughs> Not too far off. Yeah. Not too far off. <laughs> uh, hey, did that early like dream sequence throw you for a loop at all? Um, A brief loop. Yeah, she has a nightmare that, that she's uh, got a creature in her and bursting out of her again yeah that, that felt kind of like a, a horror like getting kind of a trope right to have like a recurring nightmare or something right yeah. like just to, to start the film like your jump scare they transition right into nightmare without any real dick nothing to dictate that she's now begun a nightmare it's just like yeah see there's nothing to tell you that it's not really happening exactly until, until it stops and we cut back to reality yeah yeah exactly then i was questioning the whole 57 years thing but i guess that was like actually the case right yeah, that's true. Okay. Um, what do you think of like the atmosphere and the vibe and the set design of this one so far? It's, like that was such an important element of the last one. I like it. I feel like it immediately has uh, James Cameron his fingerprints on it because like you, like the first thing you see is like machinery kind of coming into her pod, and I, I just feel like he's like such a gearhead. There's like this focus on like really cool like machines that like move on their own and stuff. So uh, I, I feel like that, that, that technology aspect you kind of get right away and uh, it kind of fits like the vibe of like the franchise in a way. What, what did you think? Nice. Good point. Yeah, I thought there was a lot of attention to detail and like, you know, the cold metal surfaces. Shots were kind of a bit longer than average. Like they're kind of keeping up with the atmosphere, like cold, slow atmosphere of the first one. That changes. Yeah a bit as the movie goes on but for sure. this opening scene i thought it was a nice transition out of one movie and into the next yeah yeah it felt very natural yeah and it kind of got the first dynamic that we left off in or the same dynamic that we left off in in the first one like ripley's pissed nobody believes her 
she's the only one speaking reason and no one will listen to her. Right, right. Yeah. Uh, do you feel like the the reaction by corporate, like, was that, and that becomes, like, a theme, like, later on throughout the movie and stuff, but did, did that, like, feel realistic to you? Like, just how they're like, well, we're not going to believe anything you're saying, and we're just going to assume, like, you are responsible for blowing up all this damn, like, property of ours? Uh, I think it did kind of feel realistic. I think there's a lot of, like, corporate greed commentary in both of these movies. But mm. what did you think? Uh, I don't know. In this one, it felt like it was a bigger plot point. I don't remember it so much in the first one. In the first one, uh, was it like the corporate greed is like what drove them to like even uh, go out there and get those eggs or whatever? Yeah. Or like study the alien? Yeah. Yeah, because mm. I think in the first one, they were like directed to do so, right? Oh, yeah. By mother or whatever. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Shoot, I can't quite remember now. Boy, every time we stumble through something like that i just think people are gonna get pissed yeah (laughs) which is always fun right (laughs) (laughs) um and then they they go to this planet and she's she's on board with a whole bunch of marines and a good chunk of the movie's runtime here is spent letting us know just how tough the marines are that are accompanying (laughs) her to this planet um that went on too long right that went on too long i I mean yeah, I I did not expect that to go on so long. We get, like, the captain puts a cigar in his mouth as soon as he comes out of stasis. The woman uh, does, what's her name? Vasquez? Yeah. She's doing, like, pull-ups the moment she gets out of stasis. Um, they're, like, just doing tough guy jokes to each other. Um, but it lasts a long time. Yeah, even, like, when they're prepping to go uh, on, onto the planet... Like they're just like showing all this like equipment unnecessarily, and like all these like uh, things like they have to do to, like prepare to go on there, I, it, which isn't really like pertinent to the plot at all. Agreed. Yeah, and I think that you start to lose what we just like complimented in those earlier scenes, like really kind of having the look and feel of the first movie. You start to lose that. Like, yeah, it goes light on the atmosphere and it's really focused on like '80s tough action hero types with this marine crew. Exactly. Hey, um, uh, which you know, a movie of its time, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Um, did you see the special edition? I don't know what edition I saw, but I think it was kind of chopped up. Oh, so uh, at this, you didn't see that the first reveal of the alien, where like uh, that family is like on the planet, and they discover the ship, and then they come back with like the face hugger on the guy's no, face. No, I didn't see that. Oh man, okay, yeah, I must have seen the special edition, which has like an additional like 17 minutes. And so I think that was before all of this is like, um, yeah, like you kind of see uh, these people on that planet stumble upon the the ship and uh, the guy comes back with the face hugger and that's like kind of foreshadowing like the next thing you hear is like the colony's gone off the map pretty much. Okay, interesting, interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah, I watched this. I did a free trial of AMC Plus because I started watching it on Prime. And then by the time I went back to watch the rest, it had left Prime. Oh, okay. So I was yeah. like, oh, I really don't want to pay for this now. So I signed up for AMC Plus free trial. And it, it was a weird cut. It was like it was cut for TV, but I still saw the full movie, I think. And there were Interesting. F-bombs and stuff. It was strange. I'm not, no more AMC Plus for me. Got it, got it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think this scene might might have been cut for the like the, the theatrical release or whatever. Gotcha. Interesting. 
Um, so they land on this planet, LV-426, to find the colony deserted, and it's clear that the space station the colony lived in, worked in, has been through a battle or something. There's a lot of destruction. Um, they find a young girl named Newt, who seems to be the sole survivor of whatever went on here, and they eventually uh, get a reading on the trackers that are implanted in the colonists. All the trackers are in the same place. They go and they discover... The colonists seemingly dead and in some sort of like cocoon form stuck to the walls. One of them uh, seems to be alive and says, kill me. And a chest bursts pops out of her belly. And they eventually encounter the adult aliens who kill about three of the Marines. And Vasquez, I think they were told to only have blowtorch or um, flamethrowers at this point. But Vasquez had like snuck some bullets and she kind of ends up killing her buddy, right, by shooting an alien and spraying acid all over him. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think so. But with the bullet, the bullets hit the alien and spray their acid blood all over her buddy. Um, and their lieutenant, who's this inexperienced dude named Lieutenant Gorman, kind of panics and Ripley takes over and rams their armored vehicle into the colony to save the remaining Marines who are in there. The lieutenant gets un- knocked unconscious in the scuffle, and the captain is dead, so this means that Corporal Hicks is now in command. Um, they want to nuke the entire planet, but Paul Reiser's character, Burke, who represents the corporation, is concerned about the financial loss. Hey, um, that that uh, the whole battle scene uh, with the aliens there, I, I think that's like probably like our first like big reveal of the aliens, right? I think that's the first time we really see them, and a but, lot of them. Yeah, but we don't. Uh, what do you think of the editing here? Because I, I don't feel like we like see like we kind of like it's it's very like short glimpses, right? It yeah, like I don't know that this battle scene was really gripping to me. Yeah, yeah, right. I, I feel like we saw like bits and pieces of it. Yeah. Um, yeah, it moved kind of fast. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if that was, like, purposeful. Like, we don't want to reveal, like, the aliens yet. We just want you to, like, kind of see, like, this mayhem going on here um, versus, like, you know, like the first one where you, like, appreciate the full alien. Right, right. Yeah, I'm not sure. But you, you weren't too uh, you weren't too taken by this scene. I wasn't too taken by that scene. It was fine. I, w- I didn't have any major beefs with it, but I, I was basically at this point in my journey, I was like, okay, it's going to be hard for me to see how aliens st- – compares to the first one. Oh, sure. Yep. Like how some people say it's better. Yeah. Um, but anyway, Hicks, who is now the leader, uh, orders the two Marines who have hung back with a drop ship to come rescue them and fly them out of there. But an alien stowaway on that ship causes it to crash. And now Vasquez, Burke, Hicks, Ripley, Newt, the little girl and Bishop, the Android and Lieutenant Gorman are stranded on the colony. Um, Bishop, and there's this whole dynamic with Ripley and Bishop where she doesn't trust him because of what went on with the Android in the first film. Um, she's essentially just like totally prejudiced against androids and he doesn't understand why or synthetic persons as I think they're called. Um, Bishop soon discovers that the crash of that drop ship punctured the nuclear core of the colony's power plant and the whole place is going to blow up in a few hours. And he volunteers to go retrieve the last airship on the colony and try to bring it back to save everyone. 
And Ripley ultimately discovers that Burke, this corporate douchebag, ordered the colonists to go check out the eggs that her and her crew discovered 57 years ago. I assume after learning from Ripley that that's what happened. Um, he wanted them to go check them out for bioweapon research, and that's why the colony went to shit and lost touch. Burke also strands Ripley and Newt purposely, takes the gun and strands them in a room with facehuggers in there so that the facehuggers can impregnate them and they can sneak back through Earth without setting off any alarms at customs. Like, they can get the alien onto Earth for further study. Um, Ripley has to set off the fire alarms to get the crew's attention. They come and kill the facehuggers, saving Ripley and Newt, but the rest of the adult aliens descend on the crew in this room and in this battle, Hicks is injured, Hudson and Burke are killed, and Vasquez and Gorman choose to blow themselves up, uh, sacrificing themselves to take out some aliens. Uh, so we're down to quite a few people here. I think the action scenes were getting better, and you had a pretty gripping scene here with um, Newt and Ripley locked in this room. But what did you think? Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say, like, I, I think that was, like, one of the best, like, action sequences where it was, like, them, like, just the two of them, like, and there's this thing scurrying around the room. That was, that was probably, like, one of the scarier action sequences here. I agree, and it seemed, it started to feel like it mattered more because the focus was shifted away from how macho this whole crew was to some of the relationship dynamics, right? Yeah. Like, everybody hates Burke. Right. Hicks and Ripley are kind of on the same page now and seem to almost maybe have like a bit of a romantic thing. Yeah, right. Like it's barely touched upon, but at the barely. least there's some mutual respect. There was a spark or two. Yeah, yeah. And Ripley has become, quickly become a mother figure to the orphaned Newt. Um, you also see like Hicks pick her up and, and get her somewhere so she can see easier. So I almost feel like there could... You could argue that there's a bit of a father-mother-daughter dynamic going on here. Yeah, yeah. Um, so everything feels like it matters more, and I just thought this action sequence was done a little better. So from here on, I was I was a little bit more on board. Uh, like the the med lab onwards. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, in the chaos, eventually Ripley and Newt get separated, and Newt gets captured by the aliens. Bishop eventually gets back with this dropship and makes it to Ripley and Hicks, but Ripley can't leave Newt behind. So she goes back in there into the belly of the beast to get Newt, and we get kind of a cool scene of her, like, taking an elevator down into, like, the egg room, essentially, and kind of, like, gearing up and arming herself and prepping as as she's going down. And meanwhile, you've got this ticking clock in the background of the plant's gonna destruct in however long, and the, you know, you've got that, what is now a trope of the voiceover of a pre-recorded voice going self-destruct in 10 minutes or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Did Which did, was cool. It worked well, I thought. Yeah. Yeah. I added the pressure that you needed. Like you got to get out of there. Um, did it uh, strike you as odd that uh, Ripley like suddenly like becomes like this action hero like she uh like because a few scenes earlier you got hicks like explaining to her like how a machine gun works and like this part's a grenade launcher you don't have to worry about that and suddenly she's going back in here to battle aliens and save newts and she suddenly like has like knows how to like work a flamethrower and like these heavier artillery uh machine guns like did, did that seem off to you I can't remember what her like firearms experience is like in the first one 
Yeah, for some reason I don't remember her with like the firearms in the first one. I don't remember that either, but yeah. I I mean she's played up to be like hyper competent this whole time. Um yeah. so I don't know. I was blindly on board with it. Like Tommy Ripley can do anything and I'm like, sure, I believe it. Yeah, yeah. I feel like she's an awesome like action star, so that that was cool to see. Yeah, and I appreciated the subtlety of this like suit up as she's taking the elevator down instead of like a montage with like jump cutting of her like you know loading something and strapping something over her shoulder like you see her like (laughs) hustling to do it like and get ready um it just made it a bit more grounded and real yeah sure sure as elevator is going down yeah like less less over the top right um so she gets into this like egg room and there's this massive ovipositor which is like a tube connected to the queen alien who's she's shooting eggs out of it um and ripley uses a flamethrower to torch the eggs and the ovipositor which really pisses off the queen and ripley and newt are now being chased by the queen the colony is exploding all around them and bishop saves them in the drop ship just in the nick of time they return to their main ship only to discover that the queen alien had somehow hitched a ride on the drop ship and she rips bishop in half spilling his white goopy blood everywhere but ripley fights off the queen alien with this giant exosuit cargo loader thing that's essentially like this gigantic robotic suit of armor and she has a very memorable quote of saying get away from her you bitch which i found very satisfying (laughs) yeah uh these suits are real now oh really yeah yeah, awesome. you like get in them and you can, I mean, they don't look exactly the same, but they look surprisingly similar and you can lift like, you know, three times what a human can lift when you wear it. Oh man, that's cool. I, I heard when this movie came out, like a bunch of businesses wanted that suit, but it, yeah, it was totally like fiction back then. So that's yeah, cool they've got them now and they're just used in like the way they're used in the movie, like cargo loading type stuff, like factory, like as a, a forklift. That's awesome. That's great. Yeah. Uh, so what did you think of this this scene where she dons the exosuit. Oh yeah, it, it was badass, man. I I feel like that's like one of the the, the coolest parts of this movie, and uh, I I think they foreshadowed a little bit of it uh, earlier on when she's like helping them get ready to go. So right, she cool to... demonstrates earlier in the movie that she knows how to work one. Yeah, yeah. So this this is so cool for her to like come out in that, and then the, the battle scene is is, is is a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah, so you eventually kind of get, you essentially get like a fist fight between her and the alien. Right. Um, She's able to eventually open an airlock and expel the queen out into space. But everyone's kind of getting sucked towards the airlock because of the vacuum effect. And Bishop's torso is hanging on to Newt. Uh, And then in the end, everything is resolved. And Bishop says, not bad for a human. And I kind of like their little relationship arc where... She doesn't trust him. He doesn't quite understand why. And then she totally comes around on him. Like, it's simple, but I thought it was heartwarming. I think so, too. Yeah, it's kind of like it shows like you can change your opinion on something. Yeah. And I thought he gave a great performance. Oh, yeah. He was so good as the the synthetic person. Yeah, it was just like very, that's Lance Henriksen. And it was just like a super astute combination of like, okay, you're a robot, but you're a robot who like is very close to a human and like almost sees himself as a human. Like he played it perfectly. Yeah. Yeah. He did. 
Cause he was yeah. like odd and off, but like also very sincere and heartfelt. Yeah. Right. There was like emotion there. It was, it was, it was pretty impressive. Yeah. Um, so Ripley, Newt and Hicks, and I think maybe Bishop, he's kind of in this like bag that almost looks like a body bag. They enter hypersleep. I couldn't tell if Bishop was like salvageable at this point or just dead. Mm-hmm. So they get into hypersleep before they go to sleep. Newt says, can I dream? And Ripley says, yes, honey, I think we both can. <laughs> um, and then as the film fades to black, I'm pretty sure we hear the scuttling of a face hugger on board the ship as they fall asleep. Oh, what? Did you hear that? No. Are you serious? Yeah, and I peeked at Alien 3, and that's kind of how it picks up, so. Oh, shit. That's crazy. Yeah. I Yeah, I missed that. I wasn't quite sure if I heard it, but I, I think it was there. Yeah, yeah. I I was a little uh, surprised. Um, that I, you know, I, I think a big scene is where she sees the queen who's, like, pumping the eggs, and there's, like, a, a moment where, like, uh, yeah, R- Ripley... Uh, you know, threatens to to light the eggs on fire, and the queen kind of like tells the soldiers that are like at the gates to kind of like back down, because uh, she doesn't want you know any destruction right of the eggs, and so so there's like a whole kind of like a, a mother kind of being protective of her eggs, and that whole planet's about to blow up in like two minutes. Why does Ripley light all the eggs on fire just to like kind of piss her off more? I think that one of them starts to hatch. So she's like, I got to kill that thing before it like comes and face sucks us. Oh. And then once you start one, you just got to yeah, keep, keep going. going. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever set anyone's babies on fire? You know, you can't once just you do start, one. You can't stop. <laughs> you got to get them all. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. So it's kind of like a, a perceived idea of like an immediate threat or something. Yeah. Mm, that makes sense. Uh, yeah, I think her, her original plan was like, I'm going to hold your babies at gunpoint. Like you got to let me out of here. I'm going to torch this place. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, once the, once the cat's out of the bag, you can't put it back in. Sure. Sure. That makes sense. Um, I maybe 40, 45 minutes in was like, I can't see how this movie is going to compare to alien, <laughs> but boy, the second half of the movie totally redeemed itself. It was action packed. The characters yeah. started to shine. Uh, the bad lieutenant, the, the like lieutenant who was just kind of like stupid, redeems himself by going back for Vasquez, and they sacrifice himself. There's the slight romance between Hicks and Ripley. The motherly stuff for Ripley, which some people might not like, but I, I dug. Um, so I was back on board. How, what was your experience like? I, I agree. The first half is, is like so slow and there's like a lot of like added footage that doesn't need to be there. Uh, but yeah, I, I think the second half, even the first one though, it's, it's slow in the beginning. Uh, I, th- I think both of these films like really pick up like halfway through and that's like when all the action kind of starts happening, right? Agreed. But I thought Alien was slow and atmospheric in the beginning and this one was just kind of slow and I didn't know why. Yeah. Yeah. You didn't have the same atmosphere, right? Yeah. It yeah. felt a little more bloated. Right. And right. the runtime is uh, 137 minutes, so two hours and 17 minutes. And Alien was 117 minutes, so an hour and 57 minutes. Sure. So basically, Aliens was 20 minutes longer. Yeah. And yeah. I think most of that bloat was just demonstrating how tough the Marines were. Yeah, exactly. 
<laughs> yeah, that was, that was so unnecessary. Especially, I don't know, like, I mean, I, I think a lot of them were there for body count and, like, characters like Hicks, Hudson, and Vasquez, I think, uh, and, and, like, Gorman, I, I think, are uh, get, like, screen time and character development a little bit. But the other ones, not so much, right? Yeah, there are a few, like, especially some of the ones that die pretty quickly don't get that much screen time. And people really, Bill Paxton is a beloved actor, and I think his performance in this is beloved as well. Um, and he's got a memorable quote where he's like, game over, man, game over. Um, he's kind of the wisest of the crew, and I think he yeah. plays his role pretty well. And he is more humanized. That's one benefit of, like, demonstrating how macho everyone is is like a good chunk of them die and then they're like not so macho after especially yeah. Bill Paxton's character he really is the one who's kind of like losing it and has to be like told multiple times like get your shit together sure yeah 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 right he's like late that lady on the plane in the movie airplane that everyone lines up to smack across the face <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly yeah yeah it becomes pretty uh crazy uh, but I, I mean, I, I think Ripley's character really holds this whole movie together, right? Like just kind of her stepping in, becoming like the lead on this whole mission and like, yeah, saving the army and, and, and like the crew in that first attack scene and then like directing the, the action from there. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. And it really just takes the whole, like her role from the first movie where she's the one speaking reason. No one listens to her, but like she knows what to do to yeah. the next level where she's like a full blown action hero. Right. Right. Um, so that was pretty cool. Her performance was really great. I thought, again, she was nominated for the best actress at the Academy Awards that year, which was pretty astounding for like a science fiction action movie like this. Um, and I yeah, thought well just deserved. like, yeah, I thought the setup of the action sequences was so good once the second half of the movie came around. Yeah. Hey, in the version you saw, was there the whole thing where they set up uh, like proximity guns or something and the aliens are like attacking them, but you're not seeing them being attacked. You're just like watching the rounds go down. Uh, like, like uh, you know, like they're being shot at like outside by the main gate, but you're not actually seeing it happen. No, I don't think I have that in mind. Uh, damn, that was, that was a really cool scene in the special ones. Like they set up these motion sensor guns and they're watching like the counts of like ammo go down. So I, I feel like there's like a lot of action that was happening here uh, of like aliens being killed like off camera, but they're using like, um, you know, the visuals that they had to kind of show like that, uh, the, the effect of like what was happening. Like they were being attacked by a horde of aliens at the moment. So okay. You, so the the first time you you like remember seeing an alien in, in the version you saw is it when they're in the compound and like falling through the ceiling? Yes. Okay. okay well, I mean, I see. I saw aliens in that initial action sequence where for people first die, but sure. I feel like that was the first time I was like, we're getting a good look at a lot of aliens. Yeah. Yep. From what I right. remember, man, I got to watch this special edition. Yeah, I know, I know. This is like some a lot of strange. The other thing, the special edition is, uh, you, you know, I think there's a whole like motherhood theme here. And in the beginning, Rid- Ridley kind of, uh, or not Ridley, uh, Ripley kind of talks about uh, she was interested in like her daughter and like how her daughter is doing. And you find out her daughter had recently died at the age of like sixty something. Wow! So, really? Holy moly! Yeah. So then that ties to like her feelings towards Newt, I guess. And like yeah, how she that takes makes a own. lot of sense because like her and Newt bonded pretty quickly. You could say it's forced, but I, I always just assume in times of trauma, anything can happen. 
Oh, sure. Like it, yeah. it jump starts everything. But wow, I did not know that background info. Yeah, yeah. I'm really surprised they cut that out for the theatrical version. Yeah. It's interesting. Wow. Cool. Yeah, what did you think of that? Like the I think some people kind of complain I don't know, maybe it's a modern take on the movie of like, oh, we had to make Ripley like a mom. Like what did you think of that aspect of it? I, I thought it was great because like your your ultimate villain is also like a mom. And so it adds that element of the final battle is like these two uh, mother type figures kind of like facing off um, and like protecting like their, their species in a way. And so yeah. I, I thought it played really well into the plot. What, what did you think? Yeah, that's a good point. I agree. And Newt goes as far as to call Ripley mommy at some point. What? Really? Yeah. Oh, damn. Yeah, yeah. So it is. Yeah, it's cool. Like you said, it's kind of like mom versus mom. Um, yeah. And I think that's cool i mean i think it's cool to make her like an action hero and play a motherly role i don't i think to go reach into the future for a comparison it's almost kind of like sam neill in jurassic park um uh being like a fatherly role to the kids even though he didn't start out like that way and he didn't like kids oh yeah yeah okay yeah right right but i guess i just use it as an example to give an action movie heart like an easy way to do it maybe some view it as cheap but i thought it was pretty genuine and that is one problem with alien is that even though i really like the characters on that in that movie it doesn't have as much heart like sure it's kind of like a cold movie and that's that's the way it is and i think it's good that it's like that but it's nice that this one has that differentiator that there's this core relationship that Between at least you- i really cared about you're talking about the Newt uh, Ripley relationship. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah, yeah. I, I and you I know, def- multiple secondary relationships too, like her and Hicks, and her and yeah. her, her doubting um, Bishop stuff like that. Right, right. Yeah, I think it all enriched the movie. It did. Yeah, yeah. Those kind of relationships definitely do, because you got to play up the human element when you've got like a uh, an alien monster that you're not spending uh, too much time with. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. Um, um, oh, did uh, did it bother you? Like, I don't know. Did you feel like in the first one, you only have one alien and uh, it's like tearing up the place and it's more like one-on-one. And this one, it felt like more of like a body counting where you have like a number of aliens. Uh, did that bother you at all or do you feel like that worked? I think it worked. It was a little bit, I think it's good that they upscaled the movie and made it bigger and badder and louder. But there was an occasion where I was like, man, one alien was so hard for just (laughs) for the crew in the last one. But now the crew's handling like dozens of them. It didn't seem quite as realistic. Sure. Sure. But but I mean, this was like a more uh, like a a military crew, right? Like this was a group of soldiers. That's true. They were they were trained Marines. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I like the one-on-one aspect of uh, the first one. I, I think that heightens like the the one monster to focus on versus, I think when you have so many, like uh, yeah, it becomes hard to focus on them. Right, and that's what makes part of what differentiates this one more as an action movie than a horror movie. Yeah, sure. you've got less of a slowly stalking monster and more action sequences, multiple action sequences in a row. Right, right. But even so, there were still moments of unsurety and not knowing where the monsters were and where they were coming from. So there were still horror elements for sure. Yeah, right. Yeah, there were. That makes a lot of sense. 
Well, man, zero to five severed android torsos. What do you give this movie? Uh, I think I would give this four and a half severed android uh, torsos. Uh, just, yeah, re- really great sequel. Adds a lot of action. Uh, keeps a lot of the same suspense and, and scares, and the alien looks so cool. And I love that final monster battle, and then some of the motherhood themes I thought were, were pretty good. Uh, what, what about you? I agree, man. I'm right there with you, four and a half. Um, and one thing we haven't talked about, we touched on it a little bit at the beginning, but I think throughout the production design and the setting all looks great throughout the whole movie. Like, yeah. it's a little bit of a given because, not, well, it's not a given. They could have really blown it, but that it just becomes the background for Alien and Aliens and you almost take it for granted, but it really is so cool looking and so realistic and it's aged really well. This movie still looks great. Yeah, you're talking about like like all the metal and like the cold steel and stuff. Yeah, just the ship itself and every room yeah. they're in, every surface we see, it just looks really cool. Yeah, yeah, it does. It does. Um, and yeah, the aliens just yeah, they can't look better. I know. Yeah, <laughs> you can't top that monster. Um, and and so you, and even like throughout like the whole like Burke and his character and like how he tries to like basically, I, I guess he's not trying to kill. Uh, uh, I mean, he's just, like, so driven by the company and, like, their agenda and, like, profit. Like, you felt like that You felt like that was, like, realistic? Um, yeah, I mean, sure. I, as, I mean, a realistic movie villain? Yeah. In yeah. reality, I'm not sure how many corporations are willing to put someone's life on... Well, shit. Yeah, I do think it's realistic. <laughs> okay. I just, you think it's far-fetched? Some of that felt like a little heavy-handed to me, like a bad guy corporate, like, uh, will, like, go to any lengths to, like, try to, yeah, even, like, kill people just to get, uh, you know, like, yeah, the, the percentage that she talked about. Sure. But Yeah, I, I think she compares the aliens to them and says they're not fucking each other or over for a percentage. Yeah, exactly, exactly. For a goddamn percentage. Yeah, and I know we just did, like, a, a movie about social commentary, but you didn't feel like that was, like, too heavy-handed here? Um, I mean, it's a little heavy handed, but it's like a big loud action movie from 1986 at the same time. So yeah, it didn't bother me. Yeah, sure. I mean, it's not as subtle as a movie as Alien and that's, that's cool. I like that it it stepped into that spot. Sure. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Cause I I feel like Predator did the same thing where like, uh, the, the company had like a, a different agenda or even same with like most recently, like Army of the Dead, right? They... Uh, they go in there and then like, yeah, the company or something has a different agenda in the background. Right. So I, yeah. I guess that's like a pretty familiar. Tale as old as time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Well, comparing this to Alien, what do you, which one do you think tops? Uh, as a horror movie, I, I still think Alien is, is superior because it, it's, uh, yeah, atmosphere is so much uh, different, more suspense and you're focused on like one monster that's coming. Um, but as an action movie, I, I feel like this one's, uh, is stronger, but I, I prefer the first one. What, what about you? Yeah, I think Alien, I give Alien the slight edge because although both films had, my chief complaint with both films was that there's very slow stretches, especially towards the beginning, but the slowness in Alien, like I said before, is really atmospheric and, and ends up serving a purpose because it really builds the tension and the vibe of the movie. Whereas this one is just kind of felt bloated. Yeah. And unnecessary. Yeah. 
Right. But yeah, I think I give Alien gave Alien a four point five as well. But oh, in Letterboxd scores, Aliens has a four point one and Alien has a four point three. So it seems most Slow people here. still agree that Alien is better. But yeah, there are yeah, plenty that, who would argue otherwise. Yeah, that's so interesting. Because uh, yeah, the, the first one did have an atmosphere. And this one, like, did it have an atmosphere? I, I, I know, like, we talked about like really cool setting, great, like, uh, w- with with like all like the 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 props and stuff. But would you call this one atmospheric? I don't really think it is atmospheric. It's, it, I mean, it's like a gritty action movie, so to the extent that that is atmosphere, but it doesn't really sink you into the setting like the first one did. Right. Yeah. I think that's what makes it a great horror film. Yeah. Agreed. All right, so we both agree that Alien is better, but both movies are great. Yeah. <laughs> Agreed. Anything else on this movie before we start to close out? Uh, No, I mean, we, we talked about the score, right? The score was pretty good. I don't know if we did talk about the score. The score oh. was pretty good. Oh, we talked about it being nominated for an Academy Award, but we didn't discuss our opinions of it. I, I did really like the score. I liked it, too. I, was it, did this guy do the first one, too? No, I don't think so, but I'm not sure who did the first one. Okay, it gave me like similar vibes in terms of like classical parts like kind of spaced randomly throughout. Um, right. Like little like flute flares and stuff. So yeah, 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 I thought that was just really well done as well. Nice. Yeah, it, parts of it almost reminded me of like the Friday the 13th soundtrack, which um, even though I'm not wild about those movies, I do really like the soundtrack. And I think it the, that kind of big orchestral sound is more fitting for a big movie like this than a oh yeah, you know a slasher. Yeah, yeah. I know that part was weird in Friday the Thirteenth. <laughs> Sometimes that doesn't jive. Just <laughs> yeah, it's a weird juxtaposition. Yeah, yeah. All right, man. Anything else? No, that's all I got. Okay. Well, that has been our discussion on Aliens, everybody. We hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please leave us a five star rating on Apple Podcasts. That helps other people find our show, and we really appreciate it. If you want to connect with us, go to HorrorMovieClub.com and click on the social links dropdown, and there you will find links to our Facebook and Twitter page. You can go there to find out what we're going to cover next week. There's also a link to our Discord server. You can jump on there and talk with other movie fans and fans of the show. There's always a great movie discussion going on there, so hop on board to that, say hi, and start talking about movies. Uh... If you want access to bonus content content, and you want to financially support the show, you can go to patreon.com slash horrormovieclub. For a buck a month, you can gain access to bonus content. Uh, our logo is done by Amy Mae Popart. Check her out at etsy.com by searching Amy Mae Popart. Or you can go to etsy.com and search for Horror Movie Club Coaster Set. And there you'll find a coaster set done by Amy Mae Popart that you can purchase one of which has our logo. Four others have pop art pictures of some of our favorite horror movie characters. So if you want some Horror Movie Club swag, go to Etsy.com and search Horror Movie Club Coaster Set. And I think that's it. So until next time, if you're ever on an extremely dangerous mission and you find out one of your crew members is a synthetic person, I honestly don't know whether to tell you to be happy or sad. They've kind of got a (laughs) 50-50 record from what I've seen. I know, I know. I feel like we need to see more of these. Maybe you could uh, ask them to do the knife trick where they stab in between your fingers, and then if they do that and they're good at it, you can tell us more of the good ones. Yeah, that's a good sign. If you get your fingers cut off, bad sign. <laughs> Don't trust them. <laughs>